Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, February 2nd, and on the podcast today, we are going to look back at last night's thrilling comeback win over the Washington Capitals, as well as update the East Division Power Rankings. Spoiler alert, our Bruins have moved up quite a bit. Before we get to that, let me remind you that the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Whatever podcast app you use, please do hit that subscribe button so that each new episode is automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also toss up a rating and a review, ideally positive, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the show at LO Boston Bruins. Recently dropped the underscore from that handle, so please be aware it's LO Boston Bruins now on Instagram at LockedOnBruins, and you can find me, your host, Ian McLaren, on both platforms at Ian C. McLaren for some hockey commentary, Bruins updates, dad jokes, etc. Now let's jump right into last night's game against the Washington Capitals. For the second game in a row, the Bruins found themselves in a 3-0 hole. On Saturday, they were able to tie the game, push it to overtime where they eventually lost thanks to an Alex Ovechkin goal early in the extra frame. On Monday, they were able to get the job done in regulation time, once again falling behind 3-0 but able to score five unanswered goals for the regulation win. It was David Pasternak who got the offense going. He scored on a wicked one-timer at the 12:37 mark of the second period to make it 3-1, and then he scored on a nice little wrist shot past Vanacek at 6:08 of the third to make it 3-2. I should mention Washington opened the scoring on a goal by Zdeno Chara, his second of the season. Definitely a low point for us Bruins fans to see. Him score for the Capitals to be celebrated by his teammates. And it seemed like it was not going to be the Bruins' night from that point on as, like I mentioned, the Capitals scored two more to make it 3-0. But after Pasternak's two goals, the comeback was further spurred on by Trent Frederick's willingness to go toe-to-toe with Tom Wilson. Without question, one of the toughest guys in the NHL, if you recall, Wilson was drafted in the first round by the Capitals, and at that time, he was seen as kind of a Milan Lucic-type figure as teams wanted to bring in a big body with some skill uh, like Lucic had brought to the Bruins back in the day. Not long after that tussle, which I guess we'll call a draw, even though Frederick fell to the ice first, Jeremy Lozon kept the play alive at the blue line, drove the puck along the boards and sent an amazing crisp backhand pass across the front of the net to Craig Smith, who buried the chance to make it 3-3. 
with the game tied and overtime looming, it was Brandon Carlo who finished off the comeback with an amazing blast over the left shoulder of Washington's goalie to give the team a 4-3 lead with um, about under three minutes to go in the game. And then Brad Marchand added an empty net goal with about a minute and a half left for some insurance. Head coach Bruce Cassidy said the key was the team starting to attack better, getting to the net. They've talked about it many times, and especially after the second period, they were just turning down too many shots. He said, as a team, we've tried to make a conscious effort this year of being a little more straightforward, and plays will open up when you see them. After the game, the overall sense was the comeback was kind of sparked by two specific things. One was Frederick's scrap with Wilson. Cassidy said it kind of got everyone's attention on the bench. Freddie stood in there and gave us a bit of a boost. That's part of the game in the American Hockey League. He knows it's in him. He tried with Wilson the other night, and he's recognizing what he has to do to spark us. The Bruins, he said, are trying to build the club so they're a bit more abrasive, but still having speed and skill. And that's where Frederick shines, something that he can bring when it's needed without being a goof and taking bad, undisciplined penalties. Then we're going to relish that, and tonight was perfect timing. So there was certainly that. Uh, Craig Smith echoed Bruce Cassidy by saying it's huge. He's a young kid. He wants to get in there and be physical. A tough job to do, and he can certainly handle himself. It's impressive because he's got other attributes to a game to his game that are available too. So when he can jump in and do that, it fires out the bench right up. He plays with no fear, and that's a big part of his game. So Cassidy credited Frederick with waking the team up a little bit, even after Pasternak had scored the two goals. But at the same time, Cassidy said it was the defense that got a little more active to help the team pull off this comeback as well. He said it takes all 20 guys. It can't just be Pasta hoping he gets a hat trick on the power play. That was the message, and they came through. It doesn't mean you're always going to finish, but we did good and good for the guys. And certainly the blue line played a key role in this comeback. The new look blue line, you know, everybody was getting down after Chara had scored, questioning, oh, whether Sweeney had made the right decision here. But when the Bruins were down, you saw Jacobs Borrell record a primary assist on Pasternak's second goal of the game. You saw Jeremy Lozon step up and make that amazing play to get the puck over to Craig Smith. And then Brandon Carlo wired that puck past Vanacek in order to uh, get the eventual game-winning goal. Pasternak said it was great. The defensive guys got involved in the O-zone, and that's obviously a huge help. As much as they can help us by doing that, we will help them in the D-zone. So it's kind of a back and forth there between the forwards and the defensemen. They have the energy and the strength to do it in the O-zone. We got some big goals and big points by our defensemen, so hopefully it will keep going like that. Now, Cassidy was very encouraged by the way his defensemen stepped up and took control of the game offensively. He said, we know it's in Charlie McAvoy. Carlo had six his rookie year, so there was a little more there, and Lozon and Zborl have the ability to pitch in, so we want to make sure we're getting that out of them. They're trying to defend well, and they are doing very well defensively. 
They're trying to do all the right things, play against good players every night. It's a big ask, and they came through in the third, and a big part of why we got two points. Carlos said he wants to be part of the offense. It starts with trying to get pucks towards the net. There have been decisions I've made as well where there are other options available, but he's trying to be more comfortable through the offensive zone. And you saw that clearly on his game-winning goal. Instead of just sitting back at the blue line, waiting to see if the puck was going to be broken out by the Capitals, he jumped up in the play, positioned himself for that just absolute rocket that went past Vanacek. And uh, he said, yeah, it was a resilient effort by the team. The energy was rising in the third period. We weren't playing the way we would have liked in the first couple of periods. But since I've been here, this is Carlo, we've never been out of the game. So it's a great comeback. And that's a trait we've seen for the Bruins over and over. That ability to come back late in games. They never give up. They never quit. They're a very resilient group. And that will serve them well going forward. Going back to Frederick. You know, he had that fight. The Bruins scored while he was in the box. And he said, I was like a little kid in there just jumping around when we scored. Felt good to watch. I had a really good angle of Brandon's slap shot top shelf. So it was fun to watch that. It's tough with no fans. Sometimes you need a spark. And he was happy to bring that. Overall, the Bruins uh, came out on top of the shots game as well. 33-26. Pasternak led the way with seven of his own. When it came to uh, the fancy stats, the Bruins once again dominated possession five on five, 50 shot attempts to 33 from the Capitals, and uh, had 17 scoring chances to Washington's 10. In all situations, Boston had a 63-49 advantage in shot attempts. And for the second game in a row against the Capitals, they clearly had the edge when it comes to possession, and they were rewarded with the win in this one. To go down 3-0 in consecutive games to a team against the Capitals and to come out with three of four points is certainly very commendable. Obviously, you don't want to go down (laughs) to begin, but the Bruins were able to pull it off. And again, it was partly due to uh, Pasternak's first two goals of the season helped get things rolling. You had Frederick's fight with Tom Wilson that sparked the team even more. But most importantly, for me, it was those defensemen getting involved in the offense. You had Zborl with the primary assist, Lozon's amazing assist on Craig Smith's goal, and then obviously the Carlo Rocket uh, where he jumped up into the play and put himself in position to score that beautiful goal Uh, thanks to Sean Corrales' nice work behind the net to get the puck out in front as well. So that's kind of the scene from last night's game in Washington. Before we update the East Division power rankings, uh, after that result, let's talk for a moment about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers for 20 years online. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I've been on there myself to make a couple purchases for my vehicles. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck or van. Choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. 
Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. You can get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by subscribing to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Now on Tuesdays here on Locked On Boston Bruins, we update the East Division Power Rankings. And spoiler alert, Bruins top of the pack this week. We'll get to them in a moment to outline why I've come to that conclusion. I promise it's not just a matter of bias. Let's, however, start at the bottom, and there I am slotting the New York Islanders. They've played nine games. They have a record of 3-4-2 for eight points, a 444 point percentage, and they have a division-low minus five goal differential. Their underlying numbers aren't very encouraging either. Those of you who've listened before know that I like to look at uh, Corsi at 5-on-5, which is shot attempt differential. At 5-on-5, the Islanders have taken 352 shot attempts. They've allowed 390 for a Corsi 4 percentage of 47.44. You want to be on the high side of 50%. That is generally an indicator that you're carrying the play and... Uh, You know, if you're firing the puck on net more regularly than the opposition, particularly at 5-on-5, then you're doing something right. Islanders not doing uh, that, (laughs) so I'm putting them at the bottom of the division by way of all of those factors. Poor goal differential, poor point percentage, poor Corsi rating. Next, I'll put the New York Rangers. They, too, have a record of... 3-4-2 through 9 games, 444 point percentage. They have a minus 1 goal differential, and their um, underlying numbers aren't too bad. They have a 51% Corsi percentage, but this team has faced some tumult over recent days. There was a uh, fight leading into the locker room following a loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. That led defenseman Tony D'Angelo to be waived and cast off from the team. Good riddance. Uh, Time will tell whether this helps bring the team together. A bit more cohesion in the locker room. D'Angelo, decent offensive hockey player. Pretty poor in his own end. uh, So that could benefit them in the long run as well. But right now I'm putting the Rangers in 7th. I still think there's a lot of talent here, but... Still a lot of room for growth with this young club, and this could be another season where they're on the out looking in. Uh, Although, yeah, if things come together, I could see them challenging for a playoff spot. But right now, I'm putting them in 7th. Buffalo Sabres coming in at 6th. They have a Corsi rating of 50.86, a record of 4-4-2 through 10 games for a even 500 point percentage. Minus two goal differential. Again, goaltending is the big issue with this team at the moment. If I look at the Buffalo Sabres, uh, save percentage at 
five on five, it's 90.64, which is, uh, yeah, in the bottom six of the NHL. They're not able to get, you know, consistent offense either. Jeff Skinner, $9 million forward, currently playing on the fourth line. That looks like a disaster of a contract. Uh, you know, Eichel, Hall, Darlene, all high-end talent. Uh, but until they get a high-end goalie and some of that depth scoring, they will remain on the outside looking in, uh, I believe. In fifth this week, I'm going to slot the New Jersey Devils. They're actually better than the Penguins in terms of point percentage. They have a record of 4-3-2. and two through nine games, a minus three goal differential. When it comes to fancy stats, they have a positive 51.31. Uh, actually, sorry, that's shot percentage. When it comes to Corsi, they're at 51.95. So in the top half of the league, they have been hit hard with COVID protocols. They're going to miss their next three games. So that will certainly set them back if there's been positive cases. And in terms of their schedule, uh, I really think the Devils have some pretty good talent there. Obviously, Ty Smith is near the top of the rookie scoring leaders. Jack Hughes has emerged as uh, a very good player this season. Nikita Gusev is pretty good, although he's had some rough puck luck so far this season. But the Devils... Uh, yeah, I'm really concerned about them with these COVID protocols and how that will affect the rest of their season. So I'm putting them in fifth at the moment. In fourth, I'm going to put the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, they have, oh, sorry, I said the Islanders have a league or a division low minus five goal differential. The Penguins is actually minus seven at the moment. But I am somewhat optimistic about the Penguins looking at their underlying numbers. They are fifth in the league when it comes to Corsi at five on five at 53.51 something that's really hurting them at the moment is their goaltending a 89 percent save percentage at five on five that's second worst in the NHL only Matt Murray and the Ottawa Senators are worst it's not just Matt Murray but uh, interesting tie in there if they can get some decent goaltending then they should be fine. If you have Crosby, Malkin, they are ravaged with injuries on defense. But um, yeah, if they can get some better goaltending, you can't rule out a team with Crosby and Malkin. Uh, Jason Zucker finally starting to chip in as well. So I'm putting them at fourth at the moment, although their hold on a potential playoff spot is tenuous at best. The top three teams in the division right now are clearly... Boston, Philadelphia, and Washington. I'm going to put Philadelphia in third because their underlying numbers are not very encouraging at all. In fact, if you look at their Corsi percentage, again, that's shot attempt differential. They've allowed 443 shot attempts on net. They've only taken 349. They have a league low 44.07 goal differential at five on five very discouraging numbers for the philadelphia flyers they've been bailed out by some solid special teams from their very high-end offense which is rolling at five on five at 1285 uh shooting percentage which i believe is the highest uh sorry second highest right now behind the blues their goaltending very strong and uh unless 
the Flyers can turn things around, they could be in trouble as their success right now is kind of um, based on that high shooting percentage, quality goaltending, but if they don't get that puck luck moving forward, they could be in real trouble as they are getting out-attempted in these games quite regularly. In second, I'm putting the Washington Capitals. They have 15 points, a 750 point percentage, plus four goal differential. They've only lost once in regulation, a record of six, one, and three. But I'm putting the Bruins ahead of them by way of Boston taking three out of the four points. The two games that they played, Boston was clearly the better team uh, on paper, and they were rewarded with that win. Washington's uh, fancy stats, not very encouraging either. 46.25 when it comes to shot attempts, 395-4, 459 against at 5-on-5 play. And again, the Bruins dominated these two games when it comes to possession. And um, I really think Boston deserves the top spot. Their underlying numbers, incredibly strong. The Bruins, second in the NHL when it comes to Corsi 4 percentage, 56.16. Second only to the Carolina Hurricanes at 56.76. The Bruins have taken 392 attempts, only allowed 306 in 5-on-5 play. When it comes to expected goals, this takes into account shot attempts as well as uh, high danger chances, meaning where the attempts are coming from. Bruins are number one in the NHL. Actually, they're tied with the Montreal Canadiens at 57.55. If you look at Boston's PDO, which is their um, shooting percentage at 5-on-5, five five, plus their save percentage at 5-on-5, five five, I've said before, you know, most teams will level off at around uh, and even 100 between the two. The Bruins right now are at 972 by way of a shooting percentage of 6.42. So the offense is clicking in terms of attempts, chances. They're still not getting that around league average 10% when it comes to shooting. So if they can find it at the back of the net with even more regularity, and that should happen with Pasternak back in the mix, then this team could be even more dangerous. So right now, I'm putting the Bruins at number one, followed by the Capitals, Flyers, and Penguins, and then the Devils, Sabres, Rangers, and Islanders. Let me know what you think about this week's power rankings. Hit me up at LO Boston Bruins. Agree, disagree, always love to hear some feedback. Here on the Locked On Network, we're proud to have betonline.ag as our good friends and exclusive partner. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. You can get in on the action using betonline.ag. All you have to do is sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. Hockey and basketball in full swing. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business by visiting betonline underscore ag on Instagram and Twitter and sign up for a free account at betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from LOCKEDON fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen. 
He'll give you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long, keeper, daily leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast wherever you get podcasts. Let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. I mentioned the Tony D'Angelo situation earlier. The Rangers made a statement on Monday declaring he has played his final game with the team following a post-game altercation on Saturday with Alexander Georgiev. The 24-year-old cleared waivers. Uh, they Rangers denied a recent rumor claiming D'Angelo had a rocky relationship with rookie defenseman Keandre Miller. It was reported that uh, D'Angelo had taken the puck from Miller's first NHL goal and was either holding it hostage, quote-unquote, as a joke. Uh, They're reportedly trying to trade the blue liner. He's a very problematic player, not only in the defensive zone, but also off the ice. So we'll see if there are any takers out there. Uh, But, yeah... Uh, like I said yesterday, good riddance and good on the Rangers for finally taking steps to rid themselves of uh, this problematic player. Now, the New Jersey Devils, I mentioned earlier as well, with some COVID issues, their next three games were postponed after four more players were added to their COVID-19 protocol list. They have a league-high 10 players on the list, including goalie Mackenzie Blackwood, Leading scorer Kyle Palmieri, Sammy Vatnin, Andreas Johansson, sorry, Janssen, Travis Zajac, Pavel Zaka. Uh, so that certainly playing havoc on the schedule. When it comes to a game that was supposed to take place tonight between the Sabres and the Islanders, it has been postponed not only due to weather conditions that prohibited the Sabres from flying to New York, but also because of contract tracing and a recent Sabres Devils game. So they want to make sure that everyone is uh, safe and sound there before playing this game. Um, the East Division now being hit by COVID 19 postponements. So far, it had mainly been in the Central and um, the West Division. Nothing in the North division to date, but uh, concerning nonetheless, the Bruins hadn't played the Devils since the first two games. So hopefully they're all set there. A quick NWHL update. Uh, some weird circumstances last night as the Connecticut Whale forfeited their match against the Minnesota Whitecaps and withdrew from the bubble tournament. As a result of the decision, Monday's game between our Boston Pride and the Buffalo Buttes It was meant to be an elimination game, but it was not considered an elimination game. This decision was made while the game was being played. The Pride went on to win big either way. So now it's down to a four-team tournament with the Whale and the Metropolitan Riveters having left the bubble. Not um, necessarily COVID-related for the Whale, and I'm not really sure what that was all about, but the Pride now have a 1-4 in four chance of um, winning the Isabel Cup. They got off to a rocky start, seemed to be playing a bit better, and hopefully they can make good on what was a promising 2019-20 season. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Bruins. A lot of information here. 
The Bruins are next in action on Thursday when they face the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm anxious to see if there are any changes to the lineup. Actually, they play Wednesday night. Sorry, not Thursday night. Tomorrow night. So we'll preview that game on tomorrow's podcast. Again, I'm anxious to see if there are any changes. I wouldn't mind seeing Carson Kuhlman come out of the lineup. Uh, I would love to see Zach Sinitian get a shot, but I don't know if that's in the cards. It seems as though they've made a decision that he's not a, a viable candidate to play on the right side despite all these injuries and question marks on the right side. Andre Kasha out. Carson Kuhlman not getting the job done. Um, I would also like to see someone come in for Connor Clifton. Irho Vakaninen be cool to see him get a chance to play as well. But keep it locked on Twitter at LO Boston Bruins for the latest when it comes to uh, lineup changes and any breaking news regarding our Boston Bruins. Quick pop culture update nearing the end of Justified. Great show. Cannot highly recommend it enough. Does that make sense? Cannot recommend it enough. Um, I'm also continuing my way through Superstore. A book recommendation, I picked up Norco 80, which is a true crime book about a bank robbery in California in 1980. So entertaining so far. It's a podcast now as well, Uh, but if you're a reader, I highly recommend picking up that book. Also, deep into the new Weezer album, which I'm very much enjoying. So just some recommendations there if you're looking for something new to uh to check out thanks so much for listening to the podcast today thank you for your support thanks for subscribing for those who've chosen to rate and review and uh, we'll be back tomorrow like i said to preview tomorrow night's game against the philadelphia flyers which i believe is going to be featured as the game of the week as it's an 8 p.m start on nbcsn have a great tuesday friends talk to you tomorrow and Please take care of yourselves.